Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos are the only non-conductive animal in the mammalian kingdom? Uh, A study from a few years ago showed that 70% of all blackouts in the southwestern U.S. are caused by armadillos diverting the power for their sweet raves. (laughs) 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 For more interesting armadillo-related facts and to unlock bonus content, check us out at www.patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Hello there, you're listening to Muggles with Attitude. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Micah Sparkman. And I'm Jeff Lake. Today we're going to be covering chapters 11 through 14 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, the second book in the Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling. Previously, Harry meets another stalker and gets pro tips on the pitfalls of celebrity from Lockhart. Malfoy buys his way onto the Slytherin's Quidditch team and takes shit to a real racist place. Harry starts hearing weird voices, but figures that's probably something he should keep to himself. Our heroes go to a death day party, and someone attacks a poor defenseless cat instead of some of those crappy wizard children. We learn a little bit about Hogwarts history and about Slytherin's magic panic room, and our trio plays a long game heist. And Dobby puts Harry in the hospital. Oh, also some dumb kid gets attacked or something. I don't know. Okay. Excellent. Is, is mudblood stuff, is that racist? Yeah. Do you call people mudbloods? It's, it's supposed to be really offensive. Is it a race? Are muggles a race? Yeah. That it's different from well, it's, wizarding it's like folks? It's, it's Im- somewhat implied that there's a genetic component to it, just because like... Well, yeah, know, but races, like real racism isn't really about genetics, right? Well, neither is muggleness. I mean, like it doesn't... A mudblood isn't necessarily any different from any other wizard, right? Is that right? I don't know. Oh, yes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> They're just wizards that come from non-wizarding families. No, they all look the same to me. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Damn, Jack. You took it too far. <laughs> All right. Chapter 11, The Dueling Club. With a very disturbed looking little... He looks almost like a pirate there. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that picture. It's very weird. That's nearly Headless Nick, right? Is it? I think it's supposed to be. Look at his neck. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I can't figure out who else would have a sword, so I think it's got to be him. And a neck that's three quarters of the way off? You know, it's hard to tell from the art. Yeah. <laughs> but I think so, yeah. I thought his neck was more cut off than three... Quarters. Well, I'm just looking at the picture. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they said, I think they say he's got something like an inch of flesh left holding his head on. Mm-hmm. An inch is all you need. That's right. That's what I always say. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> it gets really awkward sometimes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, Harry uh, wakes up in the hospital ward and he's all cured. His arm has grown back. And he's like, first order of business. Girls' bathroom. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, okay. He's hanging out, so they go over, and everybody's decided to stay at Hogwarts for Christmas. Uh, Draco's staying, and uh, his friends are staying, and Harry thinks, and Ron and Hermione think this is really suspicious. Yeah, it is. Yeah. He's looking for his friends, and he goes to the, the girls' bathroom, and he walks in, and he hears, and I quote, a clunk, a splash, and a gasp. <laughs> and he decides... I better check that out. In the bathroom. Dude, someone's dropping a deuce. Don't go knocking on the door. Can you imagine you're taking a shit in the girl's bathroom and some dude comes knocking on the door? Seems a little rude, right? Just a moment here, Mr. Potter. Sorry, I'm looking for my preteen friends. Uh, but I guess Hermione's like cooking cooking up some shit in the, in the toilet. I mean, not... 
<laughs> I mean, literally, I don't know. Presumably, she took care of that beforehand. Hermione's good at preparation. That's true. <laughs> I I want to point out that she's she's uh, she's apparently good at portable waterproof fires, and I'm like, that's really concerning. <laughs> she's like set a fire in the toilet to to cook the cauldron, but they make a point. She's really good at portable waterproof fires. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's against the Geneva Convention. <laughs> so like white phosphorus, like basically, right? yeah, napalm kind of thing, right? Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. But they're uh, yeah, they're getting ready for the phase two of their heist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Polyjuice potion. It's almost done, but they're missing a few key ingredients. Yep. And so they got to put together some kind of distraction. And, you know, I mean, like, in terms of wizard school stuff, you have lots of distraction options, right? Mm-hmm. Throwing, like, a an explosive in a cauldron full of dangerous potion. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's a great distraction. But at the same time, like, maybe don't, you know, don't, I mean... Pick something a little bit less dangerous? I think with uh, Madame Pomfrey and her medical magic, they're, they're kind of under Wolverine rules. Oh. Right? As long as the head is intact, these kids are going to be okay. <laughs> so they're like a lot less worried about right. otherwise ridiculously stupid and dangerous ideas. Right. Maybe Rowling just doesn't tell us about all the people getting dismembered. I am really surprised that not more kids have died. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that we know of, right? I mean, like... Sure, but if... But we know that these people have access to memory controlling potions. That's a good point. (laughs) Man, we don't even know what might be going on. It's crazy. They've created a distraction in Snape's class because they want to steal some of Snape's goodies to finish making the polyjuice potion. Mm -hmm. Right. Which once again begs the question, why are we not using the invisibility cloak that we have? You know, I was thinking, like, every time they do one of these things, I'm like... Does Harry still have the invisibility cloak? I mean, we obviously we find out later on in these this set of chapters that that is the case. But like, is it just sitting at the bottom of his trunk? And he's it's, not thinking about it. It's easy mode for Harry. He likes a little challenge, <laughs> but he's causing chaos. The only thing I can think is J.K. Rowling doesn't want to overuse it because it'd be awfully boring if every single time he needed to get something done secretly, he just put on the cloak. I'm just saying that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. I'd be I'd be wearing that cloak every day. Probably wouldn't even start, take it off. I probably wear it to class. <laughs> well, hey, Harry, you here? Yep, still here. <laughs> God damn it, he's got that stupid invisibility cloak again. What would you do if you had an invisibility cloak? Wear it every day. Besides wear it every day. Everything is what I do. In invis- <laughs> I mean, um, I don't know, probably like, you know, play pranks on people. Mm-hmm. Leave That'd stuff, move stuff around, you know. They reach for their coffee cup and it's like six inches over them. <laughs> I would sneak around in Congress and stuff and just see what they're really talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's good. Go into like the cloak rooms where all the deals are being made and stuff. Mm-hmm. Bring a recorder. Uh, I, mean, do that. I just want to know, right? Because yeah. everything they say is a lie. So I wonder what they say in private. Are they just lying to each other or are they all kind of in on it? Probably. Are they practicing kissing? <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to do it like this. <laughs> Paul Ryan is a very handsome man. I'm sure he has his... Really? I mean, okay. Do, do I you mean, think he's a good kisser? I think that he meets the qualifications of a handsome man, but can you imagine those staring zombie eyes just coming at you out of the dark? I think he has, oh, like. I can now. <laughs> I think he has, you know, totally normal, bulbous, luminous eyes. <laughs> so they're, but they've still got a few weeks left uh, for till the potion is fully brewed and it's ready to go. But in the meantime, there's a dueling club that's being started with Lockhart and Snape. Yeah, that seems fine. I mean,. I wonder why all schools don't have a dueling club. <laughs> <laughs> dueling club. Like, <laughs> so, hey, hey they guys. They give them like a two-minute demonstration, and they're like, they're like, okay, kids, pair up and start blasting each other. <laughs> That's right. Like, you know, it, I guess the analog would be like an archery class at a school where they shoot arrows at each other or something, right? <laughs> yeah. There must be a whole lot of combat in the wizarding life. 
Is there? I mean, have we ever encountered wizard combat? They seem to... The defensive dark arts is one of the primary classes, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't give us self-defense classes in school. The fight that we saw earlier, though, was between two wizards resorted in, like, face-punching and hitting each other or something, didn't it? Right, which a significant number of these duels between the kids also do. (laughs) That's a good point. This ends up just about as well as you would expect. Yeah, I mean, it's run by Snape and Lockhart, so, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be... Like, like, in fact, uh, when I, when I, when the two of them were fighting, I, I couldn't think of two wizards I'd rather have fight each other. It's like, <laughs> no matter who loses, we win, you know? I think Ron even says, wouldn't it be great if they finish each other off? Yeah, that's right. This is definitely a win-win kind of fight. And, you know, not surprisingly, Snape uh, kicks Lockhart's ass. Mm-hmm. Since clearly Lockhart is yeah, useless. Since Snape is a wizard. An and actual Lockhart wizard. is like nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah completely. smile. Here's my question, though. Snape pairs Harry and Malfoy up. The only reason I can think for him doing it is because he's being a sadistic asshole. Yeah. Am I missing something? No, I think so. I think I think that. Well, I mean, Snape doesn't like Harry. Right. He thinks he's you know he's a jerk, and he it goes that, way beyond that. Yeah. Well, I mean, from, from what we know right now, it's just that he's you know. I have this vague feeling like Snape doesn't actually know who the, which of the students are which because he doesn't care, <laughs> and so he just says like the black-haired kid and the white-haired kid. <clears throat> So that he can tell them apart. Oh, that's good because they're they have the most contrast. Right. Yeah, yeah. And he's like Hermione and like the big girl because they're different sizes. They're different sizes, mm-hmm. so it's just really easy for him to keep track. So that Snape way. is face blind. Mm-hmm. That explains Maybe. so Maybe he has much. That condition. Yeah. He's <laughs> like the big one and the little one there, and uh, yeah, you, you, you two. <laughs> so you just change your hairstyle whenever. He decides he hates you. I think then uh, right? Yeah, if Has Harry no Potter got that? a haircut, he would have no more problems with Snape. There you go. That new kid is doing all right. <laughs> I love that when they start facing off, it, it immediate like immediately resorts in like cheating. You know, like they like just practice Expelliarmus and like yeah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Harry Potter's like I, I think Malfoy is gonna cheat, and I'm gonna cheat. Boom. <laughs> 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 uh. They totally do. And Lockhart is just completely useless. And Snape's like, hey, use this one. And it's like conjure like a deadly snake. (laughs) (laughs) Conjure a giant venomous viper. Mm -hmm. Which is exactly what happens. Malfoy conjures a viper or a big old snake, which starts going after one of the students. But Harry's like all talking to snakes again. Like it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. He tells that snake to knock it off. And Snape's like, all right, sorry, man. Whoa. He's a parcel mouth. Which sounds a little bit like a derogatory term for somebody. A parcel mouth? Yeah, it does. It doesn't sound like a very flattering word to me. What is? It the... sounds like one of those UPS drivers that gets fired for eating the packages. <laughs> <laughs> you mean things inside the packages? No, no, no. The whole no. <laughs> <laughs> if there were things inside the packages, they wouldn't be called a parcel mouth. <laughs> yeah. That that is that is curious though. Uh, parcel, P-A-R-S-E-L. She makes up words all the time. What is parcel? Does that have anything to do with snakes? Maybe like parsing. I was wondering about so that. So not too, snakes, actually. but talking. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I, to me, that doesn't that word doesn't mean anything it's, other than parcel, which it's is specifically snakes, right? Not other animals. Yeah, just snakes. Just snakes. Interesting, but everybody, nobody understands that Harry was actually trying to keep the snake from attacking one of the students because he's speaking in weird, I guess, hissing mm. noises. Yeah, this this is actually like a little bit of a frustrating thing to me because like the snake is about to attack. Harry talks to it, and it curls up and goes to sleep, and everyone's like, it looked like you were egging it on. You know, to me, this, this, I don't well, see how they could interpret it that way. Well, I mean, okay, we don't know what parcel tongue sounds like, right? Yeah. I mean, and they never describe it, you know, so I was thinking during this, like, maybe Harry's just going like, 
exist. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe like what in parcel tongue is like chill out, snake, everything's okay. In English sounds like Yes, kill him, my precious. <laughs> and that just translates in snake to, you know, back off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it sounds like English. Yeah. I am the heir of Slytherin and the mudbloods will burn. Means, you know, uh, calm chill, down. Chill out, snake. Yeah, that, that's parcel mouth for chill out, snake. <laughs> this is a pretty sweet skill, though. I mean, like, I feel like Harry Potter gets all this cool shit. This he has a visibility cloak. He can talk to snakes. This skill sucks. You think so? I think talking to snakes is awesome. Well, you, okay, first of all, I don't think snakes have much interesting to say. And second of all, it takes up one of your skill slots, basically, in uh, life. And so the question so, is... Imagine being the X-Man whose skill is talking to snakes. Like, his name would probably be Parcel Mouth. <laughs> Look, Jeff, if you're the X-Man who can talk to snakes, you carry around a bag of snakes everywhere you go. And it's awesome. To, like, throw, you have, like, throw snakes at people? You have like arm launchers that launch snakes. <laughs> you can do that without talking to the snakes. In fact, talking to the snakes might you know, be harmful for your plan of shooting snakes at people. They might say things like, please don't shoot me at anybody. You can't call them back if you don't speak snake. Uh, would they come back to you? <laughs> After you launch them at After the you launch them at, at, a, at the guy who's made of lightning or something? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> you know, okay, that's a fair point. <laughs> I suppose on the tier it's of just so niche. Skills. I mean, in truth, it has been twice in these books that talking to snakes has come in useful for Harry Potter. And it probably is going to come in useful a lot more. It just seems like such a niche skill. You know, um, it's probably about on par with Aquaman, right? But he can talk to all fish and yeah, whales but, somehow. Whales aren't fish. Uh, tell that to Aquaman. I, I will next time I see him. <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> uh, okay, that's fair. Aquaman's powers are slightly better, but not, but only slightly. Mm-hmm. I mean, snakes are everywhere. Fish are only in the water. I'm really surprised. Snakes are in the water. That's true. Mm. I'm surprised there hasn't been a Batman villain whose only thing is that he can talk to snakes. Because there's a lot of really lame there Batman probably villains. probably was. I mean, there's there a was. lot of Batman villains. It's yeah. very possible. I can't think one. of one, but that seems very likely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently it's a really big deal because... Salazar Slytherin, the founder of Slytherin House, was famous for being able to talk to snakes. Right, right. That's yeah. not, that doesn't look great. Not a good, not a good, not good optics there. Yeah, not if Harry doesn't want to be the heir of Slytherin. Yeah, so now everybody thinks that Harry is the heir of Slytherin, mm-hmm. the Harry of Slytherin, <laughs> but none of them make that joke. <laughs> Which is a super missed opportunity. It's, like, it's a really good joke. Like, a plus. Peeves writes a song and doesn't include that wordplay. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And, and Peeves is all about annoying people with things like that. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, Harry, Potter, Harry Potter's fame turns on him real fast. Mm-hmm. Right? I think it's believable, right? Harry Potter, like the heir of Slytherin is somebody. Who's the specialist person in the whole school? It's Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. But like Voldemort super wanted to kill Harry Potter. And I feel like Voldemort would be like friends with the heir of Slytherin. But um, there's some pretty compelling evidence backing up that Harry is the is the uh, heir of Slytherin because he's been petrified so far, which one of my favorite recurring characters who shows up is Ernie McMillan. He's a Hufflepuff and he's kind of pompous, but he's a good, he's he's a good egg. He was introduced this book, right? Like you hadn't met him before. Yeah. I think they mentioned him briefly in the first book, just Mm. like by name, but Mm -hmm. yeah, but he's spreading all this stuff. He's like, Harry has got to be the heir of Slytherin and he's going around because like Ms. Norris got petrified and um, Harry had had a run in with, with Mr. Filch before that, um, Colin Creevy, who's the little kid who's been fanboying around him, is petrified. And then the kid who, Justin uh-huh. Finch Fletchley, who let slip to Harry that he is muggle-born. Uh, everybody thought that Harry was egging the snake on to attack him. That's right. And, uh, you know, we've already got these bad optics, and then all of a sudden, 
Yeah. I mean, it seems plausible to me. Yeah, he, Harry ends up in the in the wrong place at the wrong time a whole lot in these books. Like more than one could argue is entirely coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think that anybody who could pull off all of this skullduggery would be a pretty clever, devious person. Not Draco Malfoy, right? That guy's kind of a dumbbell. Yeah, he's he, he doesn't he doesn't uh, he's not very subtle. So if mm. I had to guess, I would be pointing my finger at Snape or Hermione. Mm. Hermione, really? Hermione is awfully smart, but she's a muggle born. She, yeah, she's muggle born. That's exactly the, why, why you'd never think of her. Yeah. I, I, maybe, you know, she's compensating or something. Mm. Mm-hmm. What a I'm twist. saying who could do it, right? Mm-hmm. Harry Potter, honestly, is not that clever or good at sneaking around. No. Unless he's got his invisibility cloak. Oh my god, he does. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. And this does not work out well, though, because... Harry turns a corner, and there is Justin Finch Fletchley lying on the ground. He's petrified. And so is nearly headless Nick, weirdly enough. Yeah, that's true. So we, we find out that ghosts are not immune to the attacks that are happening right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that that's the thing that really freaks everybody out. Like, they petrified a ghost? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, the kid, like, you know, that happens. <laughs> the ghosts are actually worried about it, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> the ghosts are like, whoa, hey, hold on. Yeah, what's the worst that can happen to you? You're already dead. Apparently being petrified. Mm. How do you heal a petrified ghost? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you can't. Maybe this is the last we've seen of Nearly Headless Nick. That's true. Maybe he's gone for the rest of the books. Mm-hmm. Aww. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, he's kind of an annoying character. Yeah, I hope Always they replace some of those headless hunt guys. Yeah, those guys <laughs> are pretty great. sweet. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> those guys know how to throw a party. <laughs> Chapter 12, The Polyjuice Potion. McGonagall brings Harry to Dumbledore's office, and it is awesome. Oh, man, I love this place. Describing it with all like the whirring gizmos and stuff sounds pretty sweet. Yeah, it does. And Harry, of course, takes the opportunity to just like start fucking with shit. <laughs> He's like, oh, here, there's a hat. I'm going to put the hat on. <laughs> he talks to the hat. He burns Dumbledore's pet bird. I don't know. <laughs> right, yeah. That, that, the thing with the hat really annoyed me because you know, he puts on the hat and he's like, I, why did you think I was the heir of Slytherin? And the guy's like, and the hat's like, well, I told you that because, and then he takes the hat off. <laughs> Come on, kid. And yeah. Fox the Phoenix is there. Not doing great. He's like looking a little sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as Harry's watching, I like this, right? He's, as Harry's watching the bird uh, burst into flame yeah. and, and burns down to a pile of ash. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> I, I totally identify with that. Like, I mean, I... I didn't do anything, but... <laughs> They're not going to know that. Yeah, birds don't usually do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to totally look bad. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore walks in and is like, no, no, Harry, you're a Gryffindor, you can't do bad things. Yeah, that's pretty much yeah. what he says. Yeah. Pretty much. And this is such a common thing that is the most maddening thing for me about the Harry Potter books. Dumbledore is right there. He says, is there anything you want to tell me? And Harry says, no. I know, this is... <sighs> Even Harry's stated goal is to find out what's up with the Chamber of Secrets, and surely Dumbledore knows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, I, there's literally no reason why he would not talk to Dumbledore about this. Yeah. I can't think of a single thing. Dumbledore has never shown himself to be untrustworthy or somebody who Harry would not want to talk to. Yeah, I completely agree. This is this is frustrating to me because I think that I think that there are ways to do something like this well, but I don't think she, I don't think she provides good justification for Harry's distrust of Dumbledore, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's maybe she just didn't have time to write it in, maybe, you know, whatever. But Is it that he distrusts Dumbledore, or is it just he doesn't want to tell him? I, I think it's got to be distrust. Like, he, he feels like the things that are happening, Dumbledore can never understand, or Dumbledore would, you know, 
lock him up or something. It's, it seems seems like he thinks he's crazy, but it seems pretty clear he's not. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's because of his history of abuse. Uh, that's... Maybe he has trouble trusting adults because they've never looked out for him. Yeah, I mean that. that... Oh, that's compelling. There, there isn't much in the text to support that. No, except the fact that it's probably true. It makes I guess. total yeah. sense. It makes total sense. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's used to having. He's had to have solved all his problems by himself without any adult help for the last eleven years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Makes sense to me. But Dumbledore gives him an opportunity to come clean, and he doesn't go for it. So. He yeah. does not. But everybody goes home for Christmas except for our three, and then Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle. Yeah, so we don't we, we know why our our three uh, Gryffindors are staying behind, but it seems weird to me that Malfoy. I mean, like Crabbe and Goyle, sure they follow Malfoy everywhere. Mm-hmm. Don't they have families? Yeah, they all do. And they, in fact, if they're in Slytherin, they're probably all old wizarding families. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're as rich as the Malfoys, but you know, so I mean, Crabbe and Goyle stay around just to hang out with Malfoy. That is, yes. that seems to be the case. Yes, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I wonder why Malfoy would stay behind. It seems like he'd have a lot of fun going home for Christmas, being, you know... Yeah. Well, they don't know. They say that they find it... The three find it really suspicious. Yeah. Probably because he's trying to kill muggles or something. I don't know. They wake up on Christmas morning, and the Polyjuice Potion is ready. It's only been like four chapters since they started this potion. Holy crap. They said it was going to take a month. You know, they have an invisibility cloak. They could be sneaking in there, but no. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate this plan. <laughs> it's a terrible plan. They could screw up the Polyjuice potion and they could just be like guts on the ceiling, right? Uh, presumably. I mean, it's, it's in a very dangerous potion book. Yeah, and they're cooking it up in a toilet? That's correct. Well, on top of a toilet, it's, not in a toilet. On Jack, a toilet. It's, it's adjacent to a toilet. <laughs> a toilet adjacent. It's toilet adjacent. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but they, they, need, they still need one more very important ingredient, and that is some Slytherin DNA, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, a part of Malfoy and Crab and Goyle. Just Crab and Goyle. A piece of Crab and Goyle. <laughs> right. A piece of Crab and Goyle. Like a Kleenex from beside their bed or something? I don't know. Oh. I mean... Uh, but yeah, it's, phase three goes surprisingly well because they... <laughs> apparently Crab and Goyle just have no uh, survival instincts or like... Uh, filter, right? They they put some cake on the floor and <laughs> like, this is this is such a video game plan. They put the cake on the floor mm-hmm. and they're like, oh boy, and then they immediately fall over like a like a tree being felled. They fall over on the ground, yeah, because mm-hmm. they've been poisoned. Well, you know what? By floor it cake worked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Plate floor plate. Floor so plate. you're staying at your school over Christmas break. Okay. You're coming around. You're it's it's after dinner. Mm-hmm. And you see some cake on the floor. Uh-huh. Do you eat it? What is kind it of cake chocolate? is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Alice. You're not. It's your know. favorite kind of cake. Then absolutely yes. eat that cake. Even right there on the floor, you I don't, you don't take it to another room. Floor cake. You don't like take it to the dining room and eat it. Look, no, somebody table. might take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to eat it there, and then you don't know how long that cake's going to be there. It might be just a moment. <laughs> it might be a single moment of time. You get that cake. You put it in your face. I see. I didn't get this far in life by not eating cake when I saw it. That's right. Do you want Do you want to be asking yourself 20 years later, what if I'd eaten that cake? <laughs> but it worked out really well. It and does. They, so they, they drug them they into unconsciousness. Yeah, they take a I hope they got that dosage parts. right also. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, they take their body parts. Yeah, mm-hmm. they take parts of their bodies. And then they lock them in a closet. Yeah, seems fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and then they mix the body parts into the three vials of the potion mm-hmm. for the three of them to drink. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because Hermione got Hermione, some body parts from when she was wrestling she just, with the. Like had some hair from that girl. <laughs> she she claims she got it during the dueling, but we don't yeah. really fact check her on that. <laughs> <laughs> She's like got vials of different people's hair underneath her bed. It seems like something she might do, right? You never know. Never seems know. like Polyjuice potion would be really abused in the wizarding world a lot. Yeah, right. Now that we know this. How can we be sure anybody that they're talking to ever for the rest of the novel is mm-hmm. who they say It's they pretty are. much everybody can be Mystique, and Mystique does crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. The only thing is it only lasts an hour, so you have to like wait an hour before you have a private conversation with any human. <laughs> to lock yourselves in a room together and wait an hour, and then yeah. you can talk. And you have to get a lot of parts of people. So the, the thing to do would be to, to do the, what, is, what does he do in, uh, was it Gattaca, where he shaves himself and scrapes his skin every day so that he doesn't leave behind DNA. <laughs> you have to do that every day to make sure no one can polyjuice you. Yeah. And so they, they drink the polyjuice potion and Harry and Ron turn into crab and goyle. Mm-hmm. So I forget which is which, but I don't suppose it matters. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they're and, super interchangeable. And they go on and on about how their their shoes are a different size and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not the other things, right? Yeah, nothing else. Ill-fitting shoes are really uncomfortable and I imagine they're wearing robes, so... Do they wear anything under their robes? Oh, I was going to ask. They free they're ball probably it. wearing their <laughs> underpants too, right? I mean, split their underwear. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and they, yeah, they, so they finally make it into Slytherin because, I mean, they're stuck outside for a while, and because yeah, they don't know the password. Come a, on, people! You've been thinking about this is. plan for a month, right? They don't even know where the room is and what the password is. This is important planning. You could have been working on this while you were waiting for the stupid potion to cook or whatever. Yeah, they, they missed some serious research and recon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But luckily, Malfoy comes along and is like, oh, you morons forgot where the, <laughs> the place is again. So, yeah. But anyway, finally, we do find out, though, that Malfoy has no idea who the heir of Slytherin is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Malfoy's off the hook for now. We also find out that Mr. W- Mr. Weasley did actually get fined for his uh, mysterious flying car, which is kind of surprising. I'm surprised he didn't just cover it up. Mm. <laughs> like so, a proper crime lord. Is, it, is there a reason why they all tried to transform into the same gender that they already were? No, not that we know of. There doesn't appear to be any reason for it except that they wanted to. That is a good question. Why did Hermione have to turn into this random Slytherin girl? Mm-hmm. Uh, she could have been another crab or goyle. <laughs> Just have an extra crab or goyle. See if Malfoy notices. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like that's that's a good question. There, there, there's nothing that they say that implies that that it needs to be uh, the same gender. So maybe it's just because they're twelve year olds, and a twelve year old would be like, oh, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to. I think girls are gross or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they come back and... Well, we learn a oh, little yeah. bit of interesting stuff, too. We learned that the chamber was open 50 years ago, and we know that when the last time it was opened, a mudblood had died. Oh, that's... Oh, Wait, we Alice. didn't know any of that. That's the word he uses. You don't have to use that word. Mm, I apologize. A muggle-born died. Thank you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, Wait, is muggle-born the same as... Uh, Mudblood? Yes. God, well, you guys keep saying that word. <laughs> I mean, I thought Muggleborn was like like Hermione, where her parents are both. Yes, mugged. and she's a Mudblood. I thought a Mudblood was mixed like a, it's a just, wizard. It just it, it's like literally dirty blood is the way they're saying it, and your mm-hmm. blood is dirty if it's Muggle at all. Oh, okay. If it's not pure wizard. But every wizard has got to have some Muggle in there somewhere, right? No, not if you're the Malfoys and you're super inbred. 
Mm, that's yeah, true. Yeah. That's why he's too stupid. He can't realize that his two friends don't know the password to get into the place. <laughs> My parents are cousins. <laughs> you know, I mean, that with Crab and Boyle, that could explain a bit. Mm. Yeah. He also learned that Arthur Weasley is in trouble with the law mm-hmm. for the car. Mm-hmm. And they get some intel about how to screw over Lucius Malfoy, which is unrelated to their quest, but they're surely going to use it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they found out where his secret, you know, treasure torture room is, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So this ends up, despite the terribleness of this plan, it actually ends up pretty well for them. Yeah. yeah. It well, doesn't get them what they want. Yeah, they don't get evidence to support the fact that Malfoy did it, but, but at least they find out he, they get a lead, or they don't have a lead. They, they, well, they know for sure isn't him. Right. Yeah, right. So they ruled out one person after a month of work, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hermione turned into a cat. Yes. <laughs> That's right, a furry. Hermione, Hermione's a furry now. So. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> does this happen in the movie? Yeah, yes, it does. Wow, uh-huh. <laughs> I look forward to talking about the CG. Oh God, yeah, we're gonna love this movie. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, I don't know why she hides this, right? This is kind of awesome. I, I, I feel the same way. She's super embarrassed about this. I don't think she should be because can I mean, she see in the dark? Yeah, probably. She's got crazy eyes now. Yeah, yeah she right? probably like jump really well. And fur very useful when it's wintertime and it's cold and you're in a school with no AC. I don't know why she goes to get it fixed. I think she should just like chill out for a little bit and enjoy it. Yeah, own it. Yeah. Right? Seems pretty I'm cool. the cat I'm the cat student now. <laughs> I'm the student who's also a cat. Yeah. Uh so uh would you go with uh Permione or Fermione? Uh Permione <gasps> for yes. sure. Yeah, Fermione sounds like, you know, a little Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Hermione. We don't know that good. she purrs. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I would assume so, but... Anybody I, can purr. I, what? Yeah. yeah can oh, you it's not? like a special... It's like the... You have to vibrate your hyoid bone, which we can't do. I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing that with your mouth. <laughs> I can see it. No, I'm doing it with my... Whatever bone you said. <laughs> anyway. Um... Yeah, moving on. Chapter 13, The Very Secret Diary, with I think my favorite picture in the entire book. It's a very ugly little dwarf holding a lyre with roses, or what is that, with hearts coming out of his mouth. Yeah, that's true. He's singing mm-hmm. yeah. love songs to his little... I think we need to establish, in order to interpret what's going on here, what is the status of dwarfs in this world? We don't know. Are they just short people who can't get a job otherwise? <laughs> They're probably like elves or fairies. Yeah. Are or they a like separate that. thing? I think so, but this is the first that I remember reading about them, so I don't know for sure. But I think so. I think they're like a separate, like goblins, you know, because mm-hmm. um, they're uh, not very respected <laughs> in the events of this chapter. It, it does not appear so. No, I want to point something interesting out. So, you know, Madame Pomfrey can regrow bones overnight, but it takes her several weeks to turn to decat Hermione. She probably has to change her DNA. I guess so, yeah. This polyjuice potion sounds like it's pretty risky. I mean, so what? She probably shaved her and gave her an eye transplant. <laughs> cut off her tail. It cut off her tail. Mm-hmm. And her all, ears. And her whiskers. Yeah, all these things. You know, you trimmed her down into Hermione again. And then all these things take a long time to heal. <laughs> That's I a good point. love Madame Pomfrey. Not going to ask any questions. Just going to, you know, I'm glad you came in. So. I do love that they point that out that Madame Pomfrey doesn't ask questions. <laughs> yeah. so just go there. She's like, all right, whatever the fuck. I I'll think fix she, it. she must have seen some stuff. Yeah, right? Like, like this mean, cat thing. She doesn't even bat an eye. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, another one. <laughs> Does she even ask how he did it? It's like, there's like seven different ways you can end up as a cat person. It doesn't matter which one it was. <laughs> she doesn't care. Yep. Some kind of weird stuff is happening. Um, Moaning Myrtle, somebody threw a book through her? 
yeah, in she's, her bathroom? She's getting a lot of traffic lately, you know? Like, she's getting constant visits, getting books in the head. I mean, like, this is probably, like, a peak year for Myrtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she likes complaining about this stuff. I think you're right. I think this is something that she's, like, she likes the attention, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if it seems a little, a little, uh, moany. Mm. Yeah. And I think this is probably the most irritating thing I I read in the entire book. Harry wants to open this weirdo book that just came out of nowhere, and Ron is trying to stop him, and he's making really good points. Like, he's giving concrete evidence of people who yeah. have opened a book, and it's worked out really horribly for them. And Harry says, oh, okay, I get it, but we're not going to know until I open it. And he, like, runs around Ron, who's yeah, and, physically and, trying to stop him. And Ron, who is... Not the most well-educated of the students at Hogwarts is able to list three horrible incidents mm-hmm. off the top of his head that happened from reading strange books. And what's wild is, like, when the ones that are listing, these are not, like, temporary things. There's, like, oh, you recite limericks for the rest of your life. You right, know? yeah. This these one burned you your eyes fix. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Literally burned your eyes out. Yeah, this is ridiculous. And it's annoying to me. I think it really demonstrates Harry's arrogance. But it's also... I think Ron does not get the respect he deserves at times. And this is definitely one of those cases. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Harry should definitely listen to Ron. And then after Harry ignores Ron, Ron is helpful once again when he sees the name on the diary is for a TM riddle. And Ron says, I know that. He got an award for special services to the school 50 years before, which he knew because he had to polish that trophy. <laughs> yeah, Ron's new useless skill is knowing every trophy in the trophy room. Because <laughs> he spent a night polishing them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, Hermione finally, she connects the dots for them, though, that we know the chamber was open 50 years ago. We know that Riddle got this award for special services to the school 50 years ago. So Hermione says, well, what if Riddle got this award for catching their Slytherin? But how are we going to figure this out? Yeah, that kind of follows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except the diary is blank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Terry finally opened it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hermione tries a couple tricks to see if it'll reveal anything. And it appears to be... A normal blank diary, as far as they can tell at this point. Mm-hmm. But finally, they just, through pure chance, Harry realizes that he can write in the diary, and Tom Riddle will write back. Oh, I also want to talk about the Valentine's Day celebration. It was the picture at the beginning of the thing, and uh, I was on the fence about this whole Valentine's Day thing, but these surly dwarves that are dressed as cupids and delivering valentines by force might be my favorite thing I've read so far. <laughs> He's like trying to get away and the guy like tackles him. Yeah. Just like, no. on his ankles. Yeah, like, I'm going to sing of it. <laughs> yeah, this is my job. Yeah. Iron Boy. <laughs> He's just like, without missing a beat, he's just like, nope, we're singing this song now. Yeah. Which Lockhart hired all these dwarves. Apparently, right? uh-huh. yeah. He hired a bunch of dwarves to come be cupids. So that's pretty great. I, mm-hmm. uh, I love this Valentine's Day. <laughs> it totally humiliates Harry, though. Uh, well, you know, I mean, they're, they're 12. Anything like that is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I were, if someone sent a Valentine to me <laughs> from a dwarf dressed as a Cupid, I'd be pretty appreciative, I think. Yeah, I think that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't and they, matter and they sing is. a song, right? Yeah. What, if they told, what did they say about his eyes? That they're green as a... Fresh pickled, pickled toad. toad. <laughs> Uh, which is probably nice in wizard language, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoever sent that is does not have a real good grasp of poetry, but that's okay. Isn't it Ginny? Right. I mean, I mean, who else would it be? I don't know. Anyone. Harry's a pretty popular guy. They never explicitly say it's Ginny, but um, she starts getting made fun of for it. So I think we know 
It's probably her. She probably has a crush on him. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't necessarily assume because I mean Harry Potter's like kind of a big deal. So, but he's got a lot of a lot of uh, potheads. <laughs> I don't know because he's. I think he's really standoffish. It's just the three of them are always hanging out in their little clique. I don't yeah. know if and anybody this, else likes him. During this phase, this is when everybody thinks he's murdering people, right? Yeah, but I mean, some people are into that. <laughs> right, and he did murder a person for sure last year. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, it's not, not speculation, really, that he murders people because he did a murder that everyone knows about. He right. murdered a professor. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the diary uh, that he writes in, and it writes back, which... I'm sure that's fine, right? That's that's nothing to be worried about. No. Yeah, what kind of, how would how do you write this diary in the first place? You, what do you mean? I mean, so this is the diary is a memoir, right? You, a person puts their memories in it so they can read it back later and, and normally, see what yeah. Think about so that's what this is, right? So this this, this is more like an instant messenger. This Tom Riddle is is writing into this diary, yeah. right? How what was the input mechanism, right? Now we know what the output mechanism is. You talk to it like a like a Google assistant. Well, you write in it. Yeah, well, no, no. Tom Riddle is the diary, as far as we can tell. He, like, he's like, hey, I'm Tom Riddle. Like, Tom Riddle got trapped in the diary somehow. Oh, okay. And so he, it was his diary. His first words aren't, get me out of this diary. <laughs> Apparently it, well, not. It's, it's really not clear, but what we do know is that Riddle is able to get Harry into the diary somehow and into a memory. Yeah. Yeah, like a VR memory thing. Mm-hmm. I, I want to point something out, and I'm sure it's not, like, intentional, but it's a common thing. So... Harry gets pulled in this memory, right? Right. And it starts before Tom Riddle enters the room. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> like he's sitting in the, the headmaster, headmaster's office and like the headmaster's doing some stuff. And he calls in Tom Riddle and Tom Riddle walks in. And it's like, huh, that's interesting. There's some buffering there. I wonder where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> this is his memory of what he thought was going on inside that room. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He's imagining. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it is his memory. Memories are notoriously unreliable. Right. So how accurate is this? Well, that's a good question. Um, they seem to be taking it as as fact, though, don't they? Mm-hmm. I also want to point out something very, very important that everyone should pay, make note of. Dumbledore, he's a ginger. Just throwing it out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ginger's rule. That's right, because he sees him, because this memory is 50 years before, before Dumbledore was the headmaster. And Dumbledore has long, so flowing red hair. Why is Dumbledore hanging out at the school? He's a professor. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. He just likes to hang out with kids. Well, I, thought, I thought he had like an adventurous weird. life where he went out in the world and did all sorts of stuff. No, I, I mean, he did, but at this point, he's a professor, and I think I can see the impression that professors ago. do other stuff too, you know? like He would be like 30 or something at this point. We don't know how, Dumbledore, how old Dumbledore is. We, we, I don't think it ruins anything to say. We know that he is about 111. Oh, okay. So he was already in his 50s. He's, he's 60. Mm-hmm. 60s, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he still had red hair? Hmm. Yeah, I know. Well, he's a wizard. I think wizards <laughs> and witches live longer. Probably because they have magic the, the that medicine. lets them cure everything. Madame Pomfrey's <laughs> keeping them all alive. They're not dying of natural causes, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, uh, like, I guess Hagrid is supposed to be Slytherin's heir, which feels like a little bit of a stretch as far as, like... The big reveal. Oh, Hagrid opened the Chamber of Secrets. Hagrid's the guy with the monster. Well, we do. Well, yeah, we know there is a monster though, and we literally see Hagrid sneaking a monster out of the building, and oh. Tom Riddle catches him. Sure, sure. I mean, that makes sense to me. But like, the implication is that Hagrid would be Slytherin's heir then, right? Because he opened the Chamber Chamber of Secrets. Why couldn't he be? Because, I mean, isn't he? Is half he giant? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. He doesn't strike me as particularly human. I, I mean, I, I guess we don't know for sure, but... 
Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem very human to me. He's awfully big. Mm-hmm. But we learn a few things about uh, Tom Riddle. We learn that, like Harry, uh, his parents are both dead, and he's also half blood, and he lives in a Muggle orphanage. That's during true. The holidays, pretty depressing. Yeah, it sounds pretty awful. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, it's because he doesn't want to go back to the orphanage that he decides to go hunting for the heir of Slytherin and save the school. I guess mm-hmm. he wants to stay there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sad. Yep. But anyway, uh, Harry returns to the present and immediately tells Ron that Hagrid is the one who opened the Chamber of Secrets 50 years before. Yeah, this magic book showed me a crappy video of my friend, so I guess that's enough to prove that this person we've known for over a year is a murderer. Well, yeah, released a, released an evil creature, opened the Chamber of Secrets, released an evil creature that killed a girl 50 years ago. And we definitely shouldn't give him a chance to speak in his defense, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should definitely not go talk to Hagrid about it. This teenager. <laughs> yeah, because that'd be awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Remember... The sorting hat didn't put him in Gryffindor because of his ability to, to think things through. It was his bravery. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. He's well, that, very brave. That's curious. I guess you're talking about Harry thinking things through. Because yeah. I wonder what Hagrid was, what house he was in. Hufflepuff. You think so? No, maybe Gryffindor. Uh, all good guys are in Gryffindor, right? No, I mean, mm-hmm. there's some good guys that are in Hufflepuff. Like who? We learn more later on as we get to know the yeah. different characters. Right now we're really just learning about... I mean, yeah, but there's a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, most of them are in Gryffindor, that's for sure. I so. would think he would probably be Hufflepuff just because he's all about nature. And yeah. they're the, the plant people. That, that would be my, my guess if I had to guess because Hagrid strikes me as a little Hufflepuffy, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like loyal and friendly. And but. he's kind of a misfit too. Yeah. Mm. But he could he could very well be Gryffindor. He's definitely like a, you know, brave and like justice kind of guy mm-hmm. but I guess it doesn't matter because he got expelled that's right he's nothing now mm-hmm. which leads us to chapter 14 Cornelius Fudge oh. I love this guy's name this is my favorite wizard name Cornelius Fudge Cornelius Fudge it's a good one <laughs> yeah. J.K. Rowling does such a good job with names mm-hmm. yeah and this and there's a scroll any idea what the scroll's supposed to be I mean, I, can't, I guess you can't read the writing on it. It's scribbles. But. No, it has a Roman numerals for 12 at the top. Yeah, I can't. I don't recall there being a scroll in this chapter, so I'm not sure. Uh, this to be. is the, the code of conduct or whatever, the, the bylaws that uh, Lucius Malfoy uh, is using against makes sense. Dumbledore and Hagrid in this chapter. Spoilers. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Well, that stinks. So, yeah, they. they uh, they're pretty sure that Hagrid did this terrible thing. And, and so they decide to not go talk to him. Yeah. Definitely and not. I wanna, I, okay, so I want to take a little sidebar here because they keep, they've been referencing this periodically and I, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the Mandrakes. <laughs> so the Mandrakes <laughs> I love them. are maturing over time <laughs> and they talk about how, oh, you know, they're getting, they're starting to get, earlier on, I think it was the last chapter, they say, oh, they're starting to get a little, like, moody and, like, keep themselves, so we know they're getting a little older. So they're adolescents. They're going, they're adolescents, right? <laughs> and then, like, oh, they're starting to throw parties and want to, like, move, and, and uh, wanting to, like, moving into each other's pots, and it's like, okay, that means they they're about, love. yeah, they're, like, kind of getting it on or whatever. So, these mandrakes are, like, fully sentient and even human-like. Are they? They, I mean, they're doing human-like behaviors, they're right? Throwing parties and moving in together. But it could just be their, that they have an essence that is reflecting human behavior. I, I not suppose. that they are, are sentient themselves. All of the things that we've read so far seem to give them very like human characteristics, and as if they are interacting with each other and so on. Mm-hmm. Which 
Makes me wonder if it is ethical to butcher and stew them as a curative. <laughs> but, like, the medicine is so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good medicine. Yeah. You can cure it like anything. <laughs> it's like, we don't, we try not to think about it too much. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of interesting, these mandrakes as they're, as they're growing older and mm-hmm. <laughs> maturing. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, wizard electives. Holy shit, can we talk about wizard electives? They all look so, so good. I know. I'm, I, was, I was like... I, wizard electives? And they're talking about like, oh, I don't know what I want to do or whatever. It's like, care of magical creatures? Like, oh man, I would, I, I would be Hermione in this situation. Hermione's like, I want to do every single one. I'd be like, yes. Put me up in every wizard class. <laughs> Fuck yes, I would. I would die for that. Study of ancient runes, muggle yes. studies. Eh, okay, maybe not muggle mm. studies. It's kind of lame. Yeah. That's, a, that's, I mean, that's like... That's an easy pass for us, right? That's like <laughs> sort of like like taking uh, Spanish when you already know Spanish from growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, eh, you know, maybe not mobile studies, but <laughs> but anyway, um, things are kind of getting back to normal, except that Harry's trunk has been raided and his diary's missing. Yeah, by which, somebody who knew how to get into the Gryffindor rooms. Which means they're either a Gryffindor or any other person who uses Polyjuice Potion. <laughs> from now on whenever anybody talks to Harry it'd be like that person or whoever it was because <laughs> remember Neville often doesn't remember the password to, so if someone wanted to get into Gryffindor they'd just say dress up as Neville right, go yeah. and say oh Neville's forgotten and, the password and he again. probably leaves pieces of himself all over the school <laughs> it seems likely <laughs> so Neville would be like the ideal uh, polyjuice morph mm-hmm. Poly. maybe he does remember the password. Maybe that has just always been people. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. How many people have been Neville Longbottom? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, is there a Neville Longbottom? <laughs> he's got this reputation and, and he's like, I thought I remember. I don't think I forgot that, but I mean, everyone's saying that I forgot it. I just... <laughs> you say I failed this class. I wasn't even signed up for it. <laughs> <laughs> poor Neville. Poor mm, Neville. Poor guy. If he even exists. We're not sure. He might not even be a real person. He's a composite personality. <laughs> yes. But Harry hears the the creepy voice once again, the Mushin Sin. Kill this time, let me rip terror. And Hermione has some sort of realization, which of course we don't learn because she immediately runs off to the library and, and doesn't tell us anything. And they super rag on Hermione, but once again, she is solving the goddamn mystery, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Hermione's always mm-hmm. solving this shit every mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I, I still think the Polyjuice plan was a bad plan, but Hermione was the key element here. Yeah, huh? You could have got rid of either of the other two people, and the plan still would have happened. Yep, that's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's funny, because they're like, oh no, we heard the voice again. Oh, but we got a Quidditch match to go to. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, murder's about to happen. we got to go do some sports ball. <laughs> the monster just told me specifically that it's going to kill somebody this time, but I mean, I got... We've got, got a Quidditch match in ten minutes. <laughs> Uh, but the Quidditch match is canceled because two people have been attacked this time. Oh. Hermione and then a random Ravenclaw. Who, yeah, I guess a red shirt that we don't know. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, Do they even dead. give her a name? They're just petrified. Right. True. No, we don't get a name for her. Yeah. yeah At they that give her a time. Name. Later they do. Oh, yeah. Surely now they have to say something, right? They have to tell somebody what happened. <laughs> No? Mm-hmm. Still? Still no? Okay. Nope. All right. Nope. All right. Fine. Maybe they should just use some more polyjuice potion and figure this out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Although we do get a name pretty quickly, though. Penelope Clearwater, which is such a good name. I love that name. Penelope yeah, it's a good name. I've always had a lot of affection for the name Penelope. 
I used to think it was pronounced Penelope for a long time. Did you? Yeah, because I never met a Penelope and I'd read it in books several times. Penelope. Are those related to the creatures that live on the African savanna? Yes, absolutely. They're actually like a subspecies that has extra horns. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have five horns instead of two because Penel means five, ante means two. It's Greek roots. Mm-hmm. Did you know? <laughs> for more facts like these, <laughs> check Wikipedia in about an hour. <laughs> But finally, Harry gets out the invisibility cloak. He's like, ah, I guess I'll use the invisibility cloak. It's like, it's not even fun for him. (laughs) He's like, ugh, all right. He's like dusting it off the bottom of his his trunk. I mean, or he just wanted everyone to forget that he had an invisibility cloak because he's using it all the time. Invisibility cloak? Me? (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember having any. I don't think I, oh, what's that? Oh, I sure do. (laughs) Oh, man. But he and Ron decide that they're going to sneak over. They sneak over to Hagrid's uh, cabin to try to find out, get more information about the Chamber of Secrets. And they're not there very long. They, they were, they're about to have a conversation with Hagrid or trying to talk to him a little bit about it. And they're interrupted rather quickly. Mm-hmm. By oh, Dumbledore and Cornelius Fudge. I do want to point out that Hagrid uh, greets them at the door with a crossbow. Because <laughs> he's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on the door. Oh, shock. Oh, 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 no, no, just me. Oh, all right. Let's think about this. Lives in a single room cabin in the woods. On school property. On school property. Mm. <laughs> Has a dog that just like, that's his, his best friend is his dog that, you know. Gross, gross his own food. That's right. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It sounds like a prepper. Yeah. <laughs> Hagrid's Uh-oh. a prepper. Uh, but I love this description of... Uh, Cornelius Fudge. Oh, me too. He's wearing a pinstripe suit, a scarlet tie, a long black cloak, and pointed purple boots with a lime green bowler hat. <laughs> so, in addition yeah. to having an awesome name, he is a snappy dresser. I he want to dress is. like this man. Mm-hmm. 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 He knows how to dress. It's good stuff. But Fudge is here to take Hagrid to Azkaban. Which is, a, that's that uh, roguelike dungeon crawler from the early 90s, right? <laughs> Anyone? I believe that's... Uh... Angband. Angband. Oh, right. Sorry. But Draco's dad shows up and tells Dumbledore that the school governors have suspended him. That he's, because of all the attacks, they think that Dumbledore should not be in charge of the school anymore. Who lets Lucius be in charge of anything? This is a terrible idea. Like, by anyone who's at the school's, like, assessment, Dumbledore is the only thing that is stopping people from being murdered. Oh, I mean, he's not stopping people from being Nobody's been murdered yet. I mean... Since last year. <laughs> uh, all right. right. Well, hold on. Yeah. And like this, you know, a bunch of kids <clears throat> yeah. have gotten petrified. And it's been happening for weeks and nothing has changed. Okay. Well, that's, that's a fair point, I guess. And remember when Harry went to visit Dumbledore and he was just hanging out in his office? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, it's, being a headmaster is like very time consuming. He he's, like, have... he's like, check out my phoenix. Isn't it cool? That's what he's thinking about. <laughs> he's not saying things like, I'm going to get to the bottom of what's killing my students. <laughs> Uh, petrifying, petrifying the students. It's kind of like killing them. I mean, it's it's. No, they can get better. If they, I, I if they murder these like human if, plants. If I'm on the school board, I'm thinking like our target when we started out, we were very explicit was zero critically injured students, <laughs> right? That's like okay, but this is a and wizard. We missed the target. <laughs> this is a wizard school. Like it's impossible to have zero. They, we fund this incredibly useful regeneration bay run by Madame Pomfrey. <laughs> <laughs> that can. Like, if you cut a kid in half, she can grow it back into two kids, right? <laughs> That's right. Now you get double student. 
Yeah, and now like she has this whole batch of these like sentient creatures that we are going to murder in order to make this medicine to cure these kids. Uh-huh. When we could have just like not done that, right? We could have had no petrified kids. <laughs> That's a good point. Mm. So maybe Dumbledore should be out. So you're on the I'm Malfoy. Just saying you're he, on Team Malfoy is what you're saying. I, I think I would have called him to the carpet. I, I would have said like you owe us some answers. Like after maybe the second kid gets <laughs> gone, right? That's fair. That's fair. But so Dumbledore says that he's gonna step down. That's what needs to happen, right? Yeah, but he's, yeah. I, lo- I love his little like parting thing, though. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what does he say? You will find that I will only truly have left the school when none here are loyal to me. You will also find that help will also always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. I think that was kind of cool. Yeah, because Dumbledore totally knows that yeah. Harry and Ron are hiding under the invisibility. Interesting. Right. How does he know that, I wonder? He's Dumbledore. Yeah, he's just Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. He's, he's calculated all the angles. <laughs> well, I guess Harry and Ron are probably down by Agrid's now. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just assumes that there's always somebody invisible around. Cause <laughs> That's true. It's a fucking wizard school. Someone's probably hiding like, invisible We don't somewhere. know how many invisible people there are. They, like, every scene could have three or four invisible people in it. <laughs> That's right? a good point. We know that Harry and Ron and are the there. the people under there aren't the people they appear to be because of the polyjuice potion. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, the, the, the cabin itself... Also, the students who have polymorphed into furniture, because you can do that too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. The table, that's a student. <laughs> <laughs> the the boarhound, definitely a student. So I will say, uh, in defense of the school board here, that that the kind of thing that Dumbledore just said is exactly the kind of reason you would fire somebody. <laughs> right? Like, you will never fire me as long as there's someone who's loyal to me at this school. Yeah, I mean, suppose if you fire like a teacher or something like that, they say something like that, that's like concerning, right? Yeah, right. I also love that uh, Hagrid tries to do his own version of it. He's like, oh, and also, if you wanted <laughs> to find out where this... is a lot less slick about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hagrid's attempt to do it is, is... I think it's kind of cute. But yeah, yeah. It's like, watch Super the spiders. Where Follow the spiders. The spiders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll lead him right. That's all I'm saying. And Fudge he says, looks, like, looking directly at the corner. And Fudge looks at him like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, let's go to jail now. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, next week, we're going to be covering the final chapters of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. That's chapters 15 through 18. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter. I'm Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Micah Spartman. That's not something I have. If you have any questions or comments, you can drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. Uh, please like us on whatever platform you got this on. Please leave us good reviews. Please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. And please, please, please like us in real life. Because we're just so damn likable. <laughs> Until next time. Finite, Finite Podcast. podcast.